everyone, and welcome to uh, the first in a special series of field reports that we recorded at the recent Goodwood Festival of Speed, a series of interviews. And the first up is one that we've been really excited about. It's Stefan Winkleman, the CEO of Lamborghini, but he's had quite an interesting career before that, hasn't he? Yeah, because he was, uh, I think, Alpha first, and then he went to Lamborghini, made the Huracan, yeah. which is the best-selling Lamborghini ever, mm-hmm. and then went to Audi for a bit, then to Bugatti, and now he's back at Lamborghini, but this man knows how to shift cars, Yeah, and he's uh, he's told us all about the future. He has. He's, he's, he's back where he belongs at, uh, at Lamborghini. He is... If you've ever seen a picture of him, one of the most stylish men on the planet, certainly in the automotive industry, which, of course, we quiz him on. Um, he tells us about um, how he's going to deal with electrification. Not a simple thing when your entire company is built around fantastic sounding V10 and V12 engines. What else did we quiz him on? Well, a bit of his car history or most bike history for him and whether he's had any run-ins with the police and got any points on his license. I think you're referring to palming off some speeding points on his mum. Yes, that was a highlight of the conversation. But let's not give too much away. Let's crack on with the interview. Here he is. Okay, Mr. Winkleman, welcome to the Top Gear magazine podcast. Uh, And just to give people a bit of a picture where we are, we're we're, um, on the Lamborghini stand, Goodwood Festival of Speed. You will hear... Coffee cups clinking, cars going past outside, so uh, excuse the background noise. Um, But thank you, thank you for for joining us. You're welcome. Good, right, now first question. You are, as most people will know, among the best dressed men in the business, so I had a question to kick off. Year after year, we've always said it in the office. Yes, I'm, I'm sure there's a Top Gear Award back in the annals of history where we've awarded you for being Sartorial the best elegance, yes. Never. So, so there's a question I've always wanted to ask you. Where do you get your suits? They are, they are tailor-made. I have uh, the same tailor since uh, I can remember. Uh, back in the beginning of the 90s, he's still alive. He's from the southern part of Italy and he's the one I'm related to. And the same measurements all these years? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost. Almost. You're Almost. not going to pick it up from next, Jack. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. Or, it's, it's or disappointing. Yeah, yeah, my, right. my, my budget of 200 quid probably won't stretch to a Stefan Winkleman suit. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd, Goodwood, um, do you remember the first time you came here? I remember it was raining, but I can't remember the year. So it's I came here five, six times, but the first time was heavily raining. Uh, it was mud. Uh, there were a lot with the... With the umbrellas and things, so today it's fine, so we're very happy. But but over that time, you must have seen Goodwood change a lot, uh, but also the car industry change a lot. Is there anything today that you've seen that's taken your fancy, or what are the big changes that you're you're seeing when you come to the Festival Speed each year? So I had no tour so far, but what I can tell you from looking uh, um, from the Lamborghini stand outside is. Uh, I remember, no, it was uh, more tense. Uh, then it was going more and more to be uh, a motor show, an open-air motor show. Now it seems that this trend is a bit reversed, so we are back to smaller displays. Uh, some of the big manufacturers are not here this time. And uh, today is the first day. Uh, it seems that also the first day is becoming more and more a normal uh, day with uh, including the press but not only so so far so good 
Well, uh, there, was a, there was a time when they experimented with the moving motor show. Do you remember that? So they had a, a big tent and members of the public could drive, test drive cars up the hill. I'm pretty sure Lamborghini wasn't offered as an option in the test drive. No, at that time not. And now no. we, have, we have our cars here uh, going up and down the hill. Um, it's nice to see, but more the historical cars, because the new cars you can see every day. Well, well yeah. yeah. You've, you've just segued beautifully into our next question about historic cars, because I want to know a bit more about you, Stefan. And what was your, when you were growing up, what was your, um, what was your dream car? What, what, was the, what was the car that was on the poster on your wall when you were a boy? When I was a boy, I was more into motorbikes. Okay. Growing, out, growing up in Italy, it was all about motorbikes because we were, had not so much money to, <laughs> to dream big, so motorbikes was the state of the art, and I was very much into uh, Ducati, but also Honda, Bimota at that time, if you remember. No, there was the mix of it. So I was very much into motorbikes, also because I was driving them. No? Oh, so, yes. Yeah, so did you get onto two wheels before you drove a car or, or was it the other way around? Yes, yes. No, because I, in, uh, in Italy back at that time with 14, you could already start driving uh, motorbikes. There you go. That's a motorbike doing an absolutely massive burnout <laughs> down the Q, whole yes. uh, length of Goodwood House. Thanks for that. So that was that you when you were a, a young boy in Italy? Just no, not sat quite. There? Not no. quite. There was no helmet law, so it was really freedom at that time. And uh, the first car I was driving was the Fiat Cinquecento of my mother. So I was stealing the keys of my mother's car and having uh, little tours uh, in Rome. Well, you've come a long way since Fiat Cinquecentos <laughs> to to the CEO of Lamborghini. I'm also interested. What's your what's your f favorite Lamborghini of all time? Always the next come, even if it's a bit, uh, let's say, spoiled as an answer, but it's really like this, because we are very focused on what is coming next, and always what is coming next is the one which we are in love the most. Ah, I thought you were going to pluck maybe a Countach or a Murcielago. Or, or, or Diablo, but this is where I guess we have to ask, what is coming next for Lamborghini? I'm not sure what answer we're going to get here. For yeah. we, we could, let's so leave, we it, get let's leave it wide open. Yeah. What's coming next? But for sure we have, this is the last year of uh, internal combustion engines only car. So we will have two more coming. We will have the facelift of uh, the Urus coming uh, in the midst of the summer. We are going to present the car in Pebble Beach. And then at the end of the year, there will be another derivative of the of the Huracan, which will be the last one. And then in the years 23 and 24, we are going to hybridize all the lineup. First, uh, the Aventador follower, then the Urus as a plug-in hybrid, and then the Huracan follower, also this one as a plug-in hybrid. Because you, you've had the V12 on life support for quite a long time. You've been the biggest you know, proponent to have, uh, to have the V12 running. Is, is, it just, is it upsetting to have legislation kill that engine? and just the way that things are going? As you said, it's the law and uh, it will be a change, but it's not a sudden change. So there is time enough uh, for new generations to step in. It's time enough for us to adapt our strategy and also the technology uh, from internal combustion engines uh, via hybridization, also to a lineup of uh, electric cars. We still have the idea of maybe uh, synthetic fuel for the super sports cars. This has to be uh, seen after the decision of uh, uh, the European Parliament to, uh, let's say, to ban uh, uh, gas and diesel engines uh, in 35 and for, for the small manufacturers like us in 36. 
this makes only sense if we have a harmonization around the world, because we are not building regional cars, we are building one car which is then uh, sold in the entire world. So this is, in my opinion, one of the, the tasks. The other thing is for sure to get the, the, the technology uh, to an emotional and, uh, and a performance which is better than the ones of today. But also the, the new generations are going to help us here because they are less dependent on internal combustion engines only. But you went out with a bank because my car of the year at Festa Speed last year was the SCV12. I think that was the epitome of an it. It was certainly the, loudi it the was loudest the thing here. I actually took a passenger ride in it. Uh, ears are still ringing. It was spectacular. And everyone, I had the greatest experience in that car actually. I was driven up to the top of the hill and um, I don't even know Tim Peake, the astronaut, the British astronaut who spent time in the, in the space station. So he, <laughs> he came up to the car and flung the door open and was asking me loads and loads of questions. What's this car? It sounds amazing. Oh, I want one of these. And then he walked away and I sort of turned to the driver and was like, was that the astronaut, Tim Peake? But he, he didn't care. He's he was, been to space he was, and he was still amazed. And, and that's what Lamborghini should be about, shouldn't it? They, they yeah. are the original poster cars. Do you feel like hybridization and the way we're going with electrification, does it take away from Lamborghini in any way or is it something that you can still provide the character with? On hybridization, for sure, we can provide the character because the sound is going to be there. There will be a new V12. Uh, we will have uh, very powerful engines also on the other two cars coming up. And uh, the good thing is that we are having more sustainability. So CO2 emissions are going to be half in 25 in comparison of today. And uh, this is not enough for sure, because otherwise only about sustainability, we would not move anybody out of the cars of today. But we have to promise, and this is a promise we are going to keep, we're going to have more performance in the new generations than in the ones of today. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, but it's a really interesting question because you've you've gone on record saying you you will build a, uh, a pure your first pure electric car will be this two plus two uh, GT, and I don't doubt you know it's going to be very powerful. It's going to be very fast. But how are you going to bring the emotion that you get with a Lamborghini? Because so much of that is wrapped up in in the noise and the sound, uh, the, the, the vibrations and the... There, there are three uh, major reasons to buy a Lamborghini beside the brand. The design, uh, the performance and uh, the sound. So the biggest challenge for us, for sure, is uh, the performance. Because on the performance today on the electric car, on the pure electric cars, you have the longitudinal acceleration, uh, which is incredible on all the electric cars. Uh, but uh, let's say the lateral acceleration, so the, the handling, the, the reaction of the steering wheel, the pedals, uh, how you get in and out of the corners is something which we have to deeply analyze and work on. But we know and what that's we weight. have to do. And that, well, that's this where is, weight is your enemy. This is not only weight, but it's a lot of things, all, including the weight. And uh, so we know what we have to do. This is also the reason why the first electric car should be not a super sports car, uh, but uh, the idea was a two plus two, so a complete new design, a new body style for us, and also then uh, the proof that we can do something very emotional. About the sound, which is the last uh, point, um, I agree, it would be different, but we are working on it. There are different opportunities and solutions and uh, the legislator is putting us into this position and I think is uh, important for Lamborghini, which is a brand which is much bigger 
than the size of the company uh, to be compliant, to be uh, ahead of the wave and not to risk to be condemned as a polluter, even if we are not, because we are very a small volume uh, manufacturers, we are doing low mileage. But still, it's very important that we keep this as one of the, the things which is important. So we have to find solution for the sound, but I think we are going to get a beautiful car with also a sound which yeah. is appealing. Yeah, I, I, well, I can't wait to see what Lamborghini's solution for that is because it needs to be madder and more out there than everyone else. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, I have a feeling it's not just going to be a sci-fi whistle in the background. There'll be something a bit more and a bit more tangible for us. But I actually wanted to just rewind slightly before to come back to just before the electrified era. Now, you mentioned another variant of the Huracan might be on the cards towards the end of this year. You did a concept a while ago called the Starato, which was a, 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 an off-road version of the mid-engine V10 Huracan supercar, if you haven't seen it before. If you haven't seen it, Google it immediately, because it's brilliant. It is. It could be up there one of the coolest good. Lamborghinis um, ever. And it hasn't escaped our eye that there's been mules and prototypes running around in this car now. Um, are you actually going to put it into production? So I can tell you that I love the concept a lot and what I hear is uh, you do as well. Uh, I think that we always have to be brave and unexpected as a, as a brand. I think this could be a unique selling proposition for us, but wait and see. Uh, but what, what is it, let's say, if such a car was to get the uh, Winkleman approval, what is it about such a car that's, that's so exciting? But if there would have been an approval, it should have been done uh, no, yeah, a bit uh, last year at least. And uh, what is so exciting is that you have um, off-road capabilities linked to a super sports car uh, and uh, you have the feeling of drifting, uh, which is incredible. And on top of that, you have also uh, a car which is, has more um, uh, clearance uh, from the ground. You have tires which are different. And so you also have, let's say, in the city, a very uh, different uh, approach. You have the 4x4 wheel drive system, which for sure is going to make a huge difference. And we are the only ones in the industry capable of doing something like this in a very short time. But wait and see but yeah for, for, for the listeners who haven't seen it it is basically if you took an aerial nomad and you put a lamborghini on top and then just in a tap, typically lamborghini fashion turned everything up to 11 yeah. it's what you get so yeah the king's road's we, never we, we seen actually, anything like it uh, a few years ago now we had a chance to drive that prototype um ex uh, editor-in-chief charlie turner got that gig and I, I i the smile on his face i can still see now but go online see look, look, go to topgear.com and look at the pictures because sand pouring off the back the v10 wailing out the back it is just the pure it's the definition of fun but in the latest issue of the magazine which is out now uh we took the new kuntash to open the stelvio we finished the uh the, the opening of the mountain pass, which also gave us access to the whole of the Stelvio by ourselves in a Lamborghini, the new Lamborghini Countach, which you have to read the magazine to see what we did with that and the video online. But was bringing the Countach name back a difficult decision? Are we going to see more of that? Is the Diablo name or Mustilaga, is that going to be brought back later down the line with the Lamborghini uh, lineup? Normally, I'm against uh, doing retro cars because, in my opinion, this is uh, going to be seen as uh, running out of ideas. 
But I think with the Countach, because it's uh, representing the DNA of the brand, uh, both in terms of uh, mechanical approach, but also in terms of design, it's still a car which is valid today. You know, the, the, uh, the, the, the line, the bow, which is a, a line which is unique, uh, the large shoulders, the squared uh, greenhouse, uh, the fact that you have uh, the cab being forward with the scissor doors, which is today still a unique uh, um, feature of our V12 cars. Uh, the fact that you had uh, the engine uh, longitudinal uh, in the back uh, with, the, with the, the gearbox in the middle of the, of the two people sitting in the car. So all of this, in my opinion, is still uh, valid today. And uh, if you look at the cars, even if you might not know what type of Lamborghini you have in front of you, you immediately recognize it can be nothing else than a Lamborghini. And this is coming uh, from the car which they presented in 1971 at the Geneva Motor Show. And this was the Countach. So it's, it, there is a lot of, uh, of passion in this car also today when you, when you look at the new Countach, which is a modern interpretation of a, of a car which is perfectly fitting into our lineup. We did only 112. They were gone in a blink of an eye. And it's a very clean car, a very, very exciting and beautiful car. And I would say to people, there's a lot of arguments online about it. If you can see one in real life or in the pictures, it does look different. I'm not going to say if it's good or bad, but yeah, make your own well, mind up it, if you've seen one in the flesh. If you want to see it in its best light possible, uh, driving up and down the Stelvio Pass, when we have the entire road to ourselves. It really is a spectacular feature. It's on the cover of the next magazine. Maybe after this, Stefan, I'll show you some pictures because it's, it's a really special, really special feature. And thanks for, uh, for, for helping us to put that one together. Um, all right, should we, should we ask some, a few little questions to finish uh, off? Yeah, come on, let's humanize yeah. this so, a bit. Um, just a few simple questions for the listeners back home about Stefan Winkleman. Um, now, Stefan, do you have any points on your driving license for speeding? My mother has them. Yes, he's handed them <laughs> off, pawned them off. Nice. My mother had them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's not so happy, but uh, yeah, well, she's the, okay with it. Well, when was the last time you hand washed a car? To please my mother, I did it for her. <laughs> what, for taking the points? Exactly, yes, yeah, for exactly. taking the points. How many years ago? Uh, this was some years ago, yeah, yeah. five or six years back. Yes. I was just thinking the same. When was the last time you hand washed a car, Ron? Uh, well, we have to do on photo shoots constantly, but off, on a Sunday afternoon, quite a while, if I'm honest. I have yeah, to do it every day. Yeah, I used to wear my pocket money as a kid, but uh, yeah, it's been a few years now. Um, and when was the last time you changed a tyre? You know, this is something which I will remember for my entire life. It was back when I was still uh, living in Rome. It was the 8th of March, so the Women's Day. And I was driving home with my motorbike and I saw four ladies having a flat tire late at night, sending around the car, and I, so I stopped, and I changed the tire for them. If it was four boys, would you have done it? No. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, as we sat here, we, we look like we're some boy band with uh, three microphones to our hands. What's your karaoke song? You've had a couple of drinks. No way, no, no way, way. Never, never, never done karaoke, never. No, no, no living no. on a prayer, I could see a bit of Bruce Springsteen <laughs> or something like that, no. Uh, well. All well, right. Oh well, let's get a round of drinks and hopefully we can persuade Stefan to sing us a song. Exactly. Impossible. Right. Okay. Oh, look at that. A V10 Revy outside the window. Right, so, yeah, you. quite fitting. Okay, well, thank you so much, Stefan. Thanks for being such a good sport and um, we'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you. Ciao. Cheers. Thank you.